0: This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins.
1: Let's bring in Chris Mack, host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, host on the BetQL Network, also guys all over the place, host of the Fifth Avenue Face Off pod, as well as a Penguins podcast. Chris, good morning. Are you a Whopper person? I feel like people always say I'm, I'm either on Burger King's side, I'm on McDonald's side, or are you agnostic? Do you just hate fast food? Where do you
2: stand? I'm I'm just here for the drama and the fast food wars, Jenks. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm here for the
1: I'm here for the the BKs
2: and the the Mickey Ds and even <laughs> oh, you know that that redheaded Spitfire Wendy. She's gonna jump in at the end too. <laughs> That'll last. You're gonna, you're gonna have it's gonna be jets and sharks. are gonna be snapping their fingers in a back alley, <laughs> having a dance off, talk about whose burger is the best.
0: Yeah, what happened to the dollar menus, though? Like, I feel like that is the, the topic of discussion for me. Remember when you could go to all these places and get something for a dollar? No more. The value menus mm. are like $11 for a meal. What's going on, Chris? Explain this I, to me. I,
2: I, there is no dollar anything anymore. You go to the dollar store, it's like the $1.50 store now. Mm-hmm. Those, that's just
0: Ugh. inflation, Infl- man.
1: Inflation. It's terrible. <laughs> OK, Chris, so if we're talking about the Big Ten, I would say that Ohio State and Michigan are the McDonald's and Burger King of the Big Ten. Right. And then there's Penn State. They're like, Yo, hey, Wendy's. All right. We got our square burgers over here. Our, we're We're in the mix. So make your case for Penn State instead of the Buckeyes and Wolverines. Well, in
2: this in the case of this season in particular,
1: Jenks, I think. Your
2: analogy is actually pretty accurate. I feel like Ohio State is BK selling us this big burger that isn't going to be that big. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like the Big Ten East this year and the Big Ten as a conference comes down to, to Penn State, Michigan in November. That's that's the game for me. And it's it's in Happy Valley, which is huge for the Nittany Lions. It'll be one of those Fox Big Noon kickoff games. Um, I expect Penn State to get past Ohio State this year. Doing it in Columbus would be enormous for them. Um, but other than that, those are the only two stumbling blocks. This is a team that returns a ton of talent, uh, has brought in a couple transfer pieces here and there, but has offensive weapons available to their first-year starting quarterback, Drew Aller, who's the five-star uh Five-star prospect type that everybody seems to believe in, great arm talent. And he's got an experienced, very good experienced offensive line in front of him as well. You return a bunch of important pieces on defense, a couple of guys that could go in the first round of the NFL draft next year, and Chop Robinson, Kalen King. Um, They've got talent all over the field, a couple soft spots here and there personnel-wise, Uh, If you go by the depth chart that James Franklin refuses to release, but that other people have pieced together from watching practices. And uh, I I think there's a lot of good reasons to believe if you're a Penn State fan that this will be the best opportunity in James Franklin's 10 years at the helm to get into that four-team college football playoff.
0: What if we don't want to wait till November? Is there any way to tell if this (laughs) Penn State team is for real before then? I think that's the worst part of college football is the waiting.
2: Yeah, I, I, Iowa will be a test. It's at home, but it's going to be. I, I think the atmosphere around that one. It'll be the the annual whiteout game at Beaver Stadium. Um, you will get an idea, though. I think in that game, if Penn State has made the improvements against the run game on defense that they need to have made, you know that, that that's the the one glaring Achilles' heel to last year is that four hundred yard, four touchdown rushing game where they got absolutely smoked at the big house by Michigan, Blake Corum, just absolutely ripped them in half. Um, Their linebackers are better this year, more experienced. They do have some questions up front on the D-line. But I think that game in particular is one to watch. And again, Ohio State will be one to watch as well to see if this secondary Really, it really still is the strength on their roster, at least on the defensive side, because you're going to go up against Marvin Harrison Jr., right? You're going to go up against Eggbuka. You're going to you're going up against talented receiving options. So those are the two spots that are circled, obviously, before you get to Michigan Chelsea. Uh, but those those are those are probably the only real stiff tests early on for this team.
1: We're talking with Chris Mack, host on ninety-three point seven, the Fan in Pittsburgh, also host on the BQL Network as well, and a frequent guest on our program. So you mentioned Drew Aller, and certainly all of this hype surrounding him. He's that prototypical five-star pocket quarterback. How much is hype, and how much is the real deal? Based on how little we've seen him, because everything I've heard is that this guy is going to be a complete stud.
2: He can make all the throws, Jenks. I mm-hmm. think the question will be what happens when and if things break down. Again, he's got the best left tackle in college football, protecting his blind side, Olaf who was going to be a top 10 draft pick this past spring until he decided to go back to school. So he, he'll be protected. The question will be at left guard where there's a little bit of a question. Landon Tangwall is, is dinged up and may not. You know, there's a question about how much he'll play early on. Um, Aller's going to have time to operate. He's going to have time to make the right decision. What happens when it does break down? Because, look, you're not going to have a perfect pocket every single play. And what I saw in his opportunities to play last year is that he doesn't necessarily panic. He doesn't put the ball in a bad spot trying to make a play. Now, those were always in situations where there were, to be quite honest, very little pressure on him. There will be pressure this year. You know, WVU is not a good version of West Virginia, but it's still a, mm-hmm. a power five conference opponent in the opener. He'll have opportunities where he's going to have to, to, to make the, the right decision and make it quickly. Uh, and if he does, then I think early on against WVU, against Iowa in late September, if, if we see him make those right decisions and maybe even occasionally eat the ball, right, take a sack rather than putting it up, then that will tell me that he's prepared for the big games down the stretch, Ohio State and Michigan in particular
0: so when you look at the big 10 is it a three-team race is it ohio state michigan penn state or is there anybody else that could possibly make some waves
2: i mean the big 10 for the last uh, half decade or so seems to go as the east goes um this is the Mm -hmm. last year of the west versus east divisions we'll see how they divide things up when usc and ucla and washington and oregon all join but uh, that being said Yeah, it goes as the East goes. So it'll be Michigan, then Ohio State and Penn State. I do think Wisconsin and Iowa are interesting to keep an eye on on the the west side of the Big Ten. Um, Chelsea, you and I talked about Luke Fickle, I think it was, a couple weeks ago when I filled in for Jenks. There's reason to believe that Wisconsin – Wisconsin just very rarely has one of those years where you go – they don't have a chance. They're always in it, especially in the Big Ten West. So um, Iowa is always worth watching because of their defense and because they can control the clock and they can they can control the pace of a game, even if it's ugly and nobody wants to watch it. Anyway, uh, those are the two to keep an eye on out West, I think. But it's the conference still goes. Their, their college football playoff hopes in the Big Ten go as those three teams in the Big East go. The Big East, the the Big
1: Ten East. The Big East is not a football conference anymore. We know Chris, what you know. I don't know why you said that. Chris, <gasps> what is your take on James Franklin, the head coach, versus James Franklin, the recruiter? He's always recruited well. Is this his time to sort of step up and say, I can take this team to the next level? Yeah, I
2: mean, that, that's why I mentioned it's his 10th season, Jenks, uh, at the helm. Yeah. And the final year of the four-team college football playoff, I think there's got to be, if you're James Franklin, some hidden motivation, even if you'll never admit it, even if you only admit it to yourself in the mirror every morning, that you want to get into the CFP before it expands. Penn State is going to be, I think, a pretty frequent visitor to the CFP when it's 10, 11, 12 teams, however it ends up being arranged after all the conference realignment stuff sorts itself out this fall. Uh, The question is, can they be one of those teams to make it in the four team iteration of the CFP? I think that would be a big stamp of approval on James Franklin's tenure at Penn state to this point, if he can get them in to the four team edition of the college football playoff, because look, we're always going to have questions about in-game tactics about uh game day coaching. That's just Penn state fans. We, we we've always got those questions until we see you get to that point. Um, it, as a recruiter, you're right. I I can't question his recruiting. He's got a great bunch of assistants under him that recruit incredibly well, too, including Terry Smith as assistant head coach and secondary coach, who just apt, just continues to churn out defensive backs who are going to be NFL-caliber draft picks. You know, Kalen King is a guy who may end up being better than Joey Porter Jr. He's on the back end this year. He's one to keep an eye on. They just they keep finding talent. Now it's about proving – that they can do something with that talent more than hit the roadblock and bang their heads against the wall of Ohio State and Michigan.
0: All right, Chris, uh, only a couple minutes left, but I got to ask you about the Steelers because we do have a spread on the Steelers' first game of the season. They're playing the Niners. They're getting two and a half at home. Any thoughts here?
2: Uh, I like the points. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game, and I think the developments we've seen from the Steelers' offense – this summer, uh, both in training camp and in the preseason, granted the first and third games were against second and third stringers for Tampa and Atlanta, not very good teams. So take those results with a large grain of salt. But especially that Buffalo game in the middle, Buffalo's a really good team who played a lot of starters, if not all of their starters in that game, I believe. And the Steelers made them look pretty bad. I mean, they made Josh Allen look bad with their defense. They made uh, Kenny Pickett's dropping dimes right in front of Jordan Poyer. I mean, to me, it looks like a team that will be better than even I expected them to be. I had them pegged as a nine, maybe nine and a half-ish win team. That's definitely better than the Vegas number at eight and a half. Uh, I think if everything goes right, they're a 10-win wildcard team. And I think it starts with a big win early on, especially if there's no Bosa. If Bosa's not in the fold for week one, then that gives Kenny Pickett a little more time to operate back there.
1: You can check him out as host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh and also host of the new Beck podcast, which drops Thursday nights, which you can also watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. It's our friend Chris Mack. Chris, we appreciate it, bud. Thanks, guys. Matt's going to hate me for this because Matt Bassani, our technical guru, went to Rutgers. What is Rutgers when it comes to fast food joints? Jack in the box. Like, hey. We're still here, guys. Oh. Every now and then we'll drop we'll drop a fried taco that's delicious. Matt, is that it has a to be to you?
0: Sparrows, right? Like Sparrow. an Italian food place.
1: Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's got to be it. White Castle. <laughs> Sparrow at the mall. Sparrow, Sparrow, right? Jersey, little Italian. Forget about it. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
0: Ooh.
1: Northwestern. What would Northwestern be? Arby's. Yeah. Ooh, right no, now.
0: Northwestern is worse. Will they like abuse their employees parties? or something? Gosh.
1: Dairy King from the very bottom. I don't know.
0: For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL network. The Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.